This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Jeff Halley, who is Oanda senior market analyst for Asia Pacific. Good morning from London. How are you doing, Jeff? Yeah, good. Thanks, uh, Johnny. Wonderful to be here as ever. Quiet start so far for this week. Yeah, look, there was a lot of noise in US markets on Friday. We saw 3% intraday ranges and very typical of the behaviour of what we're seeing, particularly in US equity markets at the moment, a lot of headless chicken tail chasing uh, going on as they try to price in whether there's going to be a recession or not, how far rates will rise or not, what is the outlook for inflation or not. And I think overall we are still in in a downtrend, but there's a lot of noise on an intraday basis. Equities closed flat on Friday in in New York. Uh, Over the weekend, there was very little new market-moving information, and so we saw uh, uh, stock investors coming in to buy the dips in in US index futures today. So, for example, the NASDAQ uh, futures have risen by over 1% today. Uh, S&Ps are up about 0.85%. Quite strong price readings. But that hasn't flowed through to Asian equity markets only uh, Japan has really rallied, and that it's only by about 0.5, 0.6%, tends to track the Nikkei. The rest of Asia, though, mostly in the red, to be honest, and uh, I believe that part of that is because uh, China markets have fallen by over a percent today, and uh, I, I believe the reasoning behind that is that uh, it's this ongoing nerves around a recession and, and COVID zero. We saw uh, some localised restrictions occurring in parts of Shanghai and also Beijing today, and that seems to have been enough to have uh, frightened off uh, stock investors in Asia. And we've seen them ignore the rallies in the US futures and move lower across the region, particularly in China. It's amazing the contrast between East and West, Jeff. As far as COVID restrictions are concerned, we have none really here in the UK, even though COVID continues. It's gone down in recent weeks, but it's still very much there. In China, they take it much more seriously, and this is having a big effect on their economy and by proxy on ours. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why Asia is underperforming. Uh, you know, we're, we're caught between this stagflationary wave caused by the Ukraine-Russia conflict, supply chain disruptions that were going on anyway, uh, rising inflation around the rest of the world, and now a China slowdown as well, which will also exacerbate those supply chain uh, disruptions. I mean, the US has lost a million people to COVID-19, they have 350 million people. China has 1.3 billion people, and they're really struggling to get the old people to get their vaccinations. And the vaccines they're using are of uh, somewhat um, dubious, not dubious quality, but they're not nearly as effective as some of these messenger RNA things that we've had in the West. Uh, that's, I think, the underlying driver behind the caution in China, because as we see, other COVID zero countries have had their issues as well, Australia and New Zealand being prime examples. When COVID finally got in, they had to change tack very quickly. I don't think China quite has that optionality at the moment. And um, so I'm not expecting any change in that COVID zero policy by China. As such, uh, it's going to put a cap on domestic consumption, domestic economic activity, and that, by default, will impact the rest of Asia as well. 
you mentioned US markets closing on Friday and fairly flat they were. Do you think that the dollar sell-off has some way to go and that the stock market sell-off has flattened out already? Interesting divergences here because US uh, long-dated bonds also fell on Friday and I think part of that is because markets are becoming increasingly nervous about a recession in the US later in the year. What I think they're completely ignoring at the moment is the start of quantitative tightening by the Federal Reserve in the months ahead and they'll be taking a hundred billion dollars of bonds uh, uh, or they'll be putting a hundred billion dollars of bonds into the market each month going uh, forward and I, I and I, I think we're going to see ever tighter monetary policy in uh, the US uh, sure we're starting to see signs that inflation slowing down but nowhere around the world are we seeing inflation um, starting to to, to to come off, to slow. It could be slowing its gains, but it's certainly not turning the other way. I think we're going to find that inflation is a lot more entrenched and sticky than what the world had hoped for. That will leave really the central banks of the world really no other option in the end but to tighten monetary policy. Um, that won't be a conducive environment for equity markets going forward. So I know that people will try and pick the bottom here because we've come off a long way, but I think for the first time in 20 years, we're in an inflationary environment in, around the world that's not going away anytime soon. And that's why I believe it could be deeper. With that in mind, I also believe that although the US dollar has fallen quite a bit in the last week, when you look at the scale of the gains that it's made and the outlook for the interest rate situation in the US, it's really hard to construct a, a medium term bearish case for the US dollar as yet. So for me, you know, when you see these divergences, um, it says to me that the market is still very nervous and although we could see the US dollar continue to fall this week and it, the dollar index may well fall to 102 and uh, the euro could make it towards 107 um, and the dollar yen could fall to 105, I still think that they are merely uh, corrections and, and a greater uh, trend of US dollar strength. Okay, let's look ahead to the next few days. What stands out for you? Well, it's a pretty quiet week, uh, Northern Hemisphere-wise, for data. What stands out for me there is uh, the ECB, uh, not the ECB, uh, the European uh, Manufacturing and Services PMIs. They will be released tomorrow, France, Germany, Eurozone, etc. For obvious reasons, there are substantial downside risks in those PMI numbers uh, uh, surrounding inflation, the Ukraine-Russia conflict, etc., etc., I believe if those numbers come in really soft, that that may be the precursor towards the Euro rally turning into a sell-off once again. So it could cap uh, the Euro's uh, rally and perhaps turn that direction. US has uh, personal consumption expenditure and a second reading of Q1 GDP, but that stuff's all pretty much priced into the markets. It's sort of old news down in Asia, we have three central bank meetings, though, which will make things a little more interesting. We have the Bank of Korea, Bank of Indonesia, and the Reserve Bank in New Zealand. And of those two, Bank of Korea will almost certainly hike rates. Bank of Indonesia, I'm 50-50 on. They hiked last month. They may go again this month, but um, they're a little more dovish. Uh, and the Reserve Bank in New Zealand will have no choice but to hike by minimum of 0.5% given the inflation picture there at the moment in the overheating economy and they'll need to be hawkish in their statement as well otherwise I believe the New Zealand dollar could get quite seriously punished. 
Okay, Jeff, thanks very much for joining us this morning. We'll speak to you again soon. A pleasure. Have a great week, everyone. This is the Oanda Podcast.